everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We're so excited today. We have a very special guest that we are talking to. We are talking to James Lott Jr., who is a fellow podcaster, fellow uh, commentator, would you say? <laughs> For, sure, why not? Yeah. Sure, why not? For AfterBuzz show uh, that uh, follows the, uh, what calls the heart? And uh, it's, we've had Marissa on uh, several times on this podcast. Yeah, this is so much fun to get a chance to talk to James. And uh, James, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's my pleasure. And shout out to my girl, Marissa Serafini. I love her. Yes. I love Yes, we love Marissa on the, this podcast. What to do on the podcast is like to give our guests the chance to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about how you came to have the career that you have. All right. So for me, as, as this podcast, of course, is going out, later this week, I turned 50 years old oh on May gosh. 10th from 50. Happy I birthday. Know. Early birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Tour season. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, uh, so I say that because 10 years ago, before I was turning, by when I was turning 40, I changed my whole life. So I had a whole different life 10 years ago that I was unhappy with, and I hated it. And so I needed to make change. And I thought, well, I'm turning 40. It's a good time to do it. The kids are grown. I have a couple of grandkids who are little. I can go out and do what I want now, so to speak. So then uh, I wrote down, I tell the story all the time. It's really brief. I sat down with a, uh, a sheet of paper, a notepad, and I started writing down all the jobs I ever had and all the things I liked about each job. So anybody out there, you should do that. It's really interesting. And yeah. I started circling things that kept coming up the same. I was like, oh. And then my personality, of course, as you know. I was like, people are saying, you should be on television. You should be on television. And a friend of a friend I had dinner with said, I can get you on television. Can you come to Los Angeles? At this point, I was living in San Francisco. Can you come to LA? I'll get you on the TV show House. House was huge at the time. It was a yeah. huge show for Fox. Hugh Laurie, I loved him. And everything. So I was like, huge. I get you on the show for a couple episodes. So I flew down to LA and I did a couple episodes, season, season four, episodes four and five. And you and, had no, uh, you had no acting background? And you, no. Amazing. No, that's that's great. This is me. This is James yeah. I. Jr. James I. Jr. is fearless. He just tries <laughs> stuff. He's like, see if it sticks to the wall. Yeah. I don't see anyway, I was like, yeah. I mean, I did a couple of commercials, but like nothing major back in the day. Back in the mm-hmm. 80s. Um, mm-hmm. But I have no, I was not an actor. I was in drama club. I was in medicine. That was not me at all. I was a corporate guy. I was a medical guy. I was all that kind of stuff. So I love with it. I was like, I'm in. So turning 40, <laughs> moved everything to LA. I had to go over to my family home in Inglewood, California. Uh, and slowly but surely, over the last 10 years, built up my, my little mini empire. And um, I have several businesses. And one is in entertainment, my GLJ Media is in entertainment. And so with that, for almost five years ago, again at a dinner party with a friend of a friend, said you should come on this show we're doing for Days of Our Lives. It's a Days of Our Lives after show. I'm like, what's an after show? Like, this, this, is, this is before after shows were even out there. Uh, after Buzz TV was the fourth one. And I said, oh, Maria Menounos. Oh, I know Maria Menounos. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I said, well, I'll come on one day. I never hosted in my entire life. I'll come on, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come on one day. Well, a week after they premiered, their lead host had to go out of town and he needs somebody to come in and fill in. Not as a lead, but come on on the panel. They call me, can you come on Sunday? Sure, what do I do? Watch five episodes of Days of Our Lives that week. Okay. The rest was history. <laughs> I got there, loved it. They couldn't pry my, 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 my dead hands out of there. I was like, I'm staying at AfterBuzz. Butler, Maria, Maria and Kevin Undergaro are friends of mine. I'm one of their top people at the, at the company. That's where I met Marissa. She was my first engineers, producers. Um, it was, and so, you know, there I am today, I mean, five years later. So I, I created this whole career. But when I came yeah. to it, I already had a radio show. Oh, so okay. I, and I'm still here for four years. It'll be four years in June. So my super organized universe radio show, as we call it the SOS show, that show is still, I was doing that. I was doing radio because of my voice. And so now, then I, then I started doing radio and TV at the same time. So yeah, that's how I got started. That's where, that's where I got started into the business. 
Very cool. That's great. I kind of had a, a similar experience uh, as far as I, I was just in this job that I just was miserable at. And I, I actually, it, it all started, I went to Hawaii and I, I was just so happy. And I just said to myself, I need to feel happy in my life. Like it just, it made it so clear how unhappy I was in my regular life because I was so happy. And, and uh, I just was like, I have to change. Like, this is ridiculous. And, uh, and I mean, everything good that has ever happened to me, everything good about my life now, it comes down to that moment where I said, no, enough, I'm done. (laughs) Like I need to like figure out what makes me happy and I need to do it. And so I, I really relate to that story for sure. It's very important. I, I just did a talk last night here for the National Association of Perinatal Social Workers in Savannah, Georgia. I did a talk on self-care. And one of the things I talk about is listen to your gut, listen to your heart, listen to your brain. If you're unhappy, you can change it. Yeah. It's up to you. You don't like your job. You can change it. And I'm not saying it's, it's super easy or you may have all the answers, but I mean, like, you can get the ball rolling right. and change your life. Yeah. Everybody does it. People change their lives all the time. You can do it. You may have to have some sacrifices, you may have to have some hard times, but in the end, you'll feel so much better. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree for sure. So yeah, you met Marissa, I guess, in 2015, according to your book? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yes. I think yeah. 2015. Like the, day, the days are all blending together. <laughs> yeah. You get older, it just starts to happen. You're like, what year is this? How old am I? Yeah. I know what you mean, uh, but you described in the book as that she is an old soul. <laughs> what did you mean by that? Marissa and I joke all the time. They were like Sticky Friday. I'm youthful, and she's very older. Like she has, her, she's like she loves the music of my generation and my era. Uh-huh. And you know, she and I are like twenty something year difference in age, and um, and she just carries so we always say she just carries herself very maturely she's very mature yeah and i'm very silly i'm very silly so uh we literally switch places a lot of times we always say she's so useful like i would never guess you're 50 you know like that's i know and with her she just seems you know she looks young she's young obviously like looking but she just seems older she just she has a she has a quiet stillness about her that as like a wiser older person she knows a lot of stuff she's She's uh, very smart. Um, she's, she likes to read. I mean, there's things that older folks like to do. It's not funny. Yeah. Um, she, she does like the music and stuff at the times. And she's very, I always say she was born at the wrong time. But she should be, if she was born when I was born, we'd probably be good best friends in high school. Like, we'd probably be close. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're, we're best friends now. But like, but if we were you know, in high school. So that's why I say she's an old soul. Because I'm, I'm very yeah. youthful, very silly. I have a lot of fun. I make jokes. I'm always like, but I mean, I'm serious about my work. I mean, trust me, I get my work done. Sure. As you know, I do a million things. Um, but I like to have a lot of fun. And as many times behind the scenes, she's having to, like, James. James, give me a look. <laughs> I always call her Lady Boss Queen. She's my Lady Boss Queen. And I, because I, I, I get a little silly. So I have to, I have to watch it sometimes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that. It's been kind of funny because I, people have always thought I was older than I am in my life. When I was a teenager, people, you know, thought I was like in my late 20s and I, it, for my whole life, except for it's been really funny being on this podcast because my, co- my regular co-host, Amber, she's seven years younger oh, yeah, than Amber. me. Yeah, she's actually yeah. seven years younger than me. And so people think we're the same age. And so it's like the first time in my uh, life that people think I'm that people think I'm younger than I'm like, this is a nice change of pace. Like it's great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like hello, I think like thank you. I get to live all my thirties all over again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always tell people, you know, because I do look pretty youthful for my age that I, I think it helps because I have kids, I have grandkids, they keep me young. Yeah. I work yeah. with so many young people at Askabuzz. Working right. with Marissa, they're all younger than I am. They keep me youthful. So yeah. they keep me in the know. I mean, I'm, I'm like an old guy sometimes. And it was like, come on, James, I'm being an old man. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not open. <laughs> That's I'm really open. funny. So, yeah. So what do you, you covered, you covered soap operas first in, in yeah. your career. And what do you think is the appeal of 
soap operas. What do you love about them? Great question. You should be, you should be a podcaster though. Um, <laughs> I try. Yeah, I know. Uh, soap operas, okay so, okay, so soaps, because they're on five days a week, almost a whole year, there's no real time off. Uh-huh. They become part of your, really part of your life, become part yeah. of your family. They're generational. And uh, for me, I grew up on it because of my grandparents, my parents, my aunts and uncles, where they all watched soaps. So it was kind of inherited. I inherited that as a kid or a teenager, preteen, I started watching soaps. It's just the ongoing drama. You get to love the characters. They're in your home every day. And that's what I love about the soaps. And now that I'm in the soap community as press and as a, a colleague, I, I love them. I have so many soap friends now that are friends in my real life. I'm there, and this community works really hard Give me, they really give you the, want to give you the best show they can. Because it's a, it's a lot of work. And I admire them. And I watch these soaps. It looks so effortless. But knowing what goes on the, the 80 pages of five dialogue, the, the set changes, they're filming eight episodes a week sometimes. Like it's, it's crazy. And, yeah. and, they're all, and a lot of them have other things they do on the outside too. So they're amazing. But I love soaps just because I just love the drama. I love the, 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 some of the social issues that happen on soaps. It's a slice of life that's not my life. It's not real life. So I can uh-huh. watch it. I love storytelling. There's, and in contrary to popular belief, there's some really amazing acting um, that's happening on soaps also. Some really amazing actors. And a lot of the actors you know out there now came from soaps. Yeah. Has <laughs> there ever been a plot line where you're just like, this is too nutty. This is, this is so ridiculous. All the time. Yeah, all, all the time. time. Yeah. But, but you know, Days Are Our Lives. Days Are Our Lives is known for their over-the-topness. And back in the 90s, I, it's very controversial. I loved it. The Marlena Possessed by the Devil storyline. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. The, the special effects for daytime were amazing. And I kept trying to tell people, and I got to, I got to actually interview Deidre Hall, who played Marlena, and Drake Hobson, who played John, years later. So I got to interview them and ask about that. And I said, wasn't it really about a love story when you boil it all down? It was, he was going to save his woman. And they're like, yes, that's what it was. But it was packaged in this kind of craziness that wasn't daytime wasn't used to, um, and to me it was still rooted in story. It was something different. Uh, another storyline, we got the same days of our lives, another days of our lives, was the Gemini twins. These this, these two twins landed in an egg shaped <laughs> thing, <laughs> and they were brought on Earth. So that was and General Hoffman did a storyline with Casey the alien back in 1990. So there's a few that were like okay, a little too much. Um, and yeah, I, I like some wackiness, but not for wackiness sake. Uh, there's a show called Passions that was on for years and they had a chimpanzee who was a major character on the show. So, you know, there like, was one for a while. I mean, this is years ago when I was in college that I was watching that, uh, that had, uh, that had a, a, a uh, there was somebody had gotten, uh, had gotten, on a deserted island got shipwrecked and then her husband back on mainland had uh, found like had found a way to clone her and then she ended up getting free guiding light (laughs) she had this big confrontation with her clone it was pretty epic (laughs) that one was fun again that storyline was crazy but i ended up liking it because when they brought the real reva back it yeah. was a sad story. It was like this Dolly character was dying. She was aging fast and she was like dying and she had nobody really. And it was, it was yeah, I remember yeah, that whole story. It was, it was the guiding light. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the do you think, do you think that there's, do you think that the, the ones that have made it through sort of this tough period with soap operas where so many more canceled, yeah. do you think that they'll, they found a way to make it work or do you, do you worry about all of them that there's, well, CBS just announced they're going to renew their two soaps, Young and the Restless, and Beautiful, through 2020. Okay. So they're good for, to do for another, another, at least another year or so, um, year and a half or so. Plus, they film, uh, Young and the Restless and Beautiful film five and a half weeks in advance. So they'll, they'll go through probably for a while. Days of Our Lives, every year, it's nail-biter. They just renew it year to year to year to year. But that's the one soap that's increased in viewership. But I don't know how long it's going to go. General Hospital is the one on ABC that's left. And that one, they, again, they renewed every couple of years. And now it's the longest running soap on air. Um, I don't know. 
I feel like, I mean, I never thought the other stuff were going to go. I never thought they were going to cancel all my children when I have to live as the world turns around. I, mean, I, I just never thought that. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's, every year it's kind of a nail biter. Just like, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. You just, you just, I mean, you don't know. So, I don't know. So they canceled? They're, they're, they're yeah. They canceled um, General Hospital? No, no. General Hospital is saying it's the longest running soap. But okay. they canceled all my children, wanted to live, all those. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't know they're going. To, I know they're going to cancel those. I was shocked. And so when they did that, I was like, oh, they don't care about soaps. That's my. And I, mm-hmm. I don't care. I, I feel like many of them don't care about soaps. But Bold and Beautiful and the Arrestors are owned by their their Bell, the Bell Company, and Bold and Beautiful sold as an overnight so over an international nighttime soap. So mm-hmm. it's pretty safe. Yeah. Uh, the oh. other soap. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I've kind of had a theory for a while that I think part of the success of of hallmark oddly enough is is i think a little bit kind of related to the death of soap operas because uh you know there's still some but it's not like it's not what it used once was and there's hardly anything out there that is sort of catering to women and escapism for women and i think that in some ways sort of these uh, these romantic movies that you get on Hallmark kind of fill a certain degree of that void that y- you had with things like soap operas that have left. And because everything in the movies is practically made for 13 year old boys. And so right. <laughs> there's so little that's made for women. And, you know, back in the, back in the day, soap operas were something that particularly housewives, you know, would watch, they'd watch their, their soaps every day and it just is kind of an escapism from cleaning the floors and you know stuff like that and right. so it uh it it there was i feel like there was a void there that i think hallmark has kind of kind of met a little bit well my take's a little different um, okay my, and you know I'm, I'm not a woman so i can't speak to women so but but my take's a little different i, yeah. I you know i'm in the, in the industry and sure. i'm also a fan so from my perspective, um, soaps are very different than Hallmark. I think the audiences are very different. I think uh-huh. I think what Hallmark Channel has done successfully is they brought back the family-friendly entertainment. I feel uh-huh. like that's the niche that was missing because soaps aren't family-friendly. <laughs> soaps right. are very, but they do all, they do all kinds of stuff. I know a lot of folks who but, wouldn't watch soaps who watch Hallmark. But they're I kind of like, rom- oh, they're kind of romantic yeah. escapism in the same sort of ways. What I what I what I was feeling, but. Anyway, sorry. Right. I, 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 feel, I feel like Hallmark is in response to actually the soaps and like Lifetime. So uh-huh. Lifetime is all about, you know, the murders and everything's always bad. Right. Yeah. So I feel like Hallmark is in response to people being tired of procedural TV, being tired of um, heavy male television. Yeah, I feel like they're, 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 they're in response to the old-fashioned, the Waltons type stuff, mm-hmm. um, The House on a Prairie. I feel like that's the void that was missing for years. They're, mm-hmm. they're, 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 in, they're in response to Game of Thrones, which I love, but that's another story. Um, they're in response to The Sopranos or Sex and the City. Like, I, feel yeah. like, I feel like the Hallmark is actually the opposite of all the stuff that we see on TV, and that's why they're there. Yeah. But I get there's romantic elements on everything, on all these shows, romantic elements. But I feel like Hallmark is saying, hi, we are family friendly. We are nonviolent. There are mm-hmm. happy endings. Here you go. Yeah. The whole family can sit down and watch this. And I feel like that's what Hallmark has done so successfully. I mean, it's yeah. the only network that's on cable that's, you know, making numbers that are high. Yeah, it can't, it can't be denied. That is definitely a huge part of it for sure as well. And so you said in your book so marissa introduces you to one calls the heart and you were kind of skeptical yeah. you're like what is this show but then you watched yeah. it and you really loved it and you said that you liked you like to watch it and eat soul food it's like a comfort comfort watch kind of for you <laughs> yes yes, yes. Um, yeah okay. oh so so what well, is it that that is so comforting to you about one calls the heart so, okay, so if folks don't realize, I, I, those of you who don't know this, I've written two books about my Hardy's experience, and one's called Becoming a Hardy, another one's the new one that's out now, it's called Being a Hardy. Right. I'm writing a third book, actually, so everybody, my first exclusive, I'm not announcing to anybody else, Woo-hoo! I am writing a third book. So, because these books have been successful for me, but the, the first book, Being a Hardy, I talk about Marissa introducing the show to me, because she knew me, she's like, I just know you, James, I used to love the Waltons, Little House on the Prairie, and all this kind of show, Seventh Heaven, all this kind of show. 
Touched by an Angel. I loved all those shows. And so, and those shows, and what comes to heart, when you watch it, it's, it just makes you feel good. Like, it's just the, the energy of the show, the feeling of the show. Again, there's no violence, no craziness, no this, that. It's just, it makes you just feel like, wow, it reminds me of soul food, which I love. My family's from Louisiana, so I love soul food. Whenever I eat soul food afterwards, I feel comforted. There's something about what goes into making soul food. My family says, you know, and a lot, a lot of cultures have this. It's love. It's culture. It's history being put into the food. So you taste all that and take that in. When it calls the heart, it has history. It has love. It has all this stuff. And you feel it when you watch the show. When the show ends, you have a smile on your face. You're not tense. You know, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Some shows have anxiety. You, when you, it's like, it feels so comforting. And that's why I say it reminds me of comfort food. And so there are many times I would eat comfort food while I was watching my comfort TV show. Mm. Yeah, I can totally see that. Uh, it's, it's a very sweet show. <laughs> it's very, very sweet. And, you know, you'd, it, it has the... It, Sometimes I wish it would dig a little bit deeper sometimes, but that's not the show. The show is about, uh, is about family. It's about community. It's uh, about love. All of those things. I think I talked about it in the first book. People would comment, it's not realistic enough. It's not realistic enough. Well, that's not Hallmark Channel. And if that's not their brand. Yeah, we don't want to with dirt on our faces. I mean, no one wants, no wants to see that. Uh-huh. Yeah, we knew back then that they had dirt on their faces. Like, there were things that were a little different. But no, they, I mean, who cares? I'm like, to me, it's the energy and the message that's more important than the actual. I and mean, I get, like, you want to make sure that the, the costumes are close and the hair is close to the time period. I get that part. But some of us are really nitpicking, which is fine. Is that your, That's your right to look at the show and, see what, and, and, and ask what you want out of it. But I felt like the show's energy was close enough and it was still, you know, it was good. But I know some folks would like, more in-depth things, but I feel like that's not how much, that's not their brand. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they, just, they just don't do that. You know that. You, you watch yeah. the movie. I, I, I do. I do for sure. That's because yeah. you have podcasts on Hallmark. You, <laughs> you know Hallmark Channel. They don't, they, don't, they don't do that. You know, if you want that, they have to go to HBO or Showtime. Then they, they, they have things that go that way. They don't do that on the show. On the mm-hmm. channel. Yeah. So you talked about in your book about, uh, f- about faith being an important part of your life how you have become a minister, that you have married some of your friends, that you're not a specific religion, I believe, but that you yeah. you do believe. And, and uh, so, you know, What Calls the Heart is an interesting show because it's not specifically religious really at all, right. hardly at all, right. uh, but right. it it's feels, feels like it is, uh, what do I want to say? It feels like it's, espousing christian values without necessarily being religious and so i don't know what how do you, how do you feel the show sort of handles faith and and it is it manages to be uplifting without necessarily being christian programming so i talk about in the book and the being a being a heart becoming a hearty i talk about how I, I have a doctorate in divinity and i'm an ordained minister i just celebrated uh five years as an ordained minister and I was, ordained, I, was actually, I was actually ordained twice. I was ordained back in the 90s, and then I let it lapse, and then I was ordained again. Um, Hallmark Channel does this thing where it's family-friendly, and that's the words they use, um, and it's, but it's not Christian network. Mm-hmm. But in terms of being uplifting, um, many things that are uplifting are things like quotes out of the Bible or, or teachings. And, um, and so I think they, what they do beautifully is they showcase some of the good parts of the Bible and things that, you know, so sort the of Proverbs and things they espouse in a way that doesn't hit you over the head, mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't like knock you over, like religion, religion, religion. It's just saying, this is something that we should be feeling, we should be doing as a, as a community. Here's some of the, the tenets of, of that and in the, in the t- context of a storyline in the show. And that's fine, I think that's fine. I, think it's, I mean, they had a yeah. pastor on the show, of course, Pastor Frank for years. Not that kind of stuff, but I thought it's not heavy-handed, um, but you can definitely feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's there. So if you're, but I feel like if you're super not religious, it shouldn't offend you. Right. And if you're super religious, it shouldn't offend you. I feel like it's it's somewhere in the middle there, and so mm-hmm. I think it's something that that's really done really well with them, mm-hmm. and it fits the messages. Every show has a message. Every episode has a message, and I feel like it fits the messages. I personally 
uh, had a problem watching Christian shows. I used to watch Christian shows. Um, then there was like, a, uh, what's her name? Sue Private Eyes. She had a show years ago on Pax or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, like shows like Seventh Heaven and like, shows like Amen. I, I don't mind shows that have, but it's like, I'm not, I grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. I was raised Catholic. I went through the whole process and got confirmed and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't subscribe to that. Now I'm non-denominational. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, I believe in God. I have no problem talking about that. I believe in God. Mm-hmm. and I believe his son is the way to get into you to, to have believe in heaven and all that kind of stuff so I believe in all that uh, but again I don't you know I don't knock you over the head with my religion either or mm-hmm. my spirituality either it's just it's there it's part of my life I, I carry myself a certain way mm-hmm. um, I think the show does the same thing just carry it just carries just, its tone is just kind of there but I think it's I think it's a great balance they don't hit anybody with the head over there they don't try to knock you with it or knock you over with it it's, I think it's good I think, I think, it's, I think it's I think it's do a good job yeah, they do a good job with that balance, I think, for sure. And uh, I <clears throat> I think another really good show that you might like, I don't know if you've seen the Sign Sealed Delivered, but I think they do a really good job on there as well. You okay. might like it. But okay. anyway, so I know that be, becoming a hardy and being part of the community yeah. has been really important for you and something that's really, oh, yeah. really added a lot to your life. Uh, what has that experience kind of been like for you? Well, I say in the book, both books I talk about, because it just, it just, it's, it's, I mean, the impetus for me writing this book, the first book, was because I wanted to give some back to the Hardys. Um, I talk about that in my books where I lost my brother. Yeah. And it was a sudden death, and he was 47 years old, and we were very close. I was his last text. I was the person who had the phone call from the police. I mean, everything. So it was very devastating for me. And I told this in the book, the Hardys, that's the first time I really saw them come together for me. Here's a big deal. I'm on a show about a show. Right. <laughs> and the heart, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm, like, I'm not on When Calls the Heart. But I'm on a show that talks about When Calls the Heart. They have taken me and Marissa in the same way they've taken the actors of the show When Calls the Heart. So that's a new experience for me. Yeah. So I'm kind of a celebrity but I'm not on the show. Um, and I'm on a show about the show. So it's kind of interesting how they really have become a movement. I watched it from the beginning, become this movement, and they've been there for me countless times over the last couple of years that I, in ways that I can't even, even describe fully. I'll start, I'll start bawling and crying. It's, just, it's, so, it's, it's so, it was so surprising and refreshing and wonderful. The Hardys are everywhere, and they completely, I mean, the Ohio Hardys threw me a fan event, and I think I talked about that in one of the books, and I was like, and it was just like 51 Hardys came to see me. Wow. And I was like, this is amazing, and we had a great time, I spoke at a great place, they had my books, you know, I write books, I have music, they had all my stuff, and we were talking, and it was just amazing. And these are, and, they, and they have such a community. They love each other. They get to, they, I love this old-fashioned thing of like, I remember when I had a pen pal as a kid. I missed having a pen pal. Now I have pen pals. They're called the Hardys. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, they are very sweet. Very sweet for sure. That's really cool. I think whenever you can be part of, I mean, every, every kind of group dynamic has its downsides, but the pluses can be yeah. really wonderful and really sweet. And uh, so that's great. I'm glad that they were there for you and, and that uh, you found it a, uh, a wonderful experience. They completely continue. I mean, and any hard listen to this, thank you so much. You continually amaze me on a regular basis. And I have, and it's funny because I have hardy fans that are kids. Uh-huh. Um, I have hardy fans that are teenagers, older people, old people. I mean, like it, there's a hardy range and I want to give a shout out to one of my, one of my hardy kids. I, I love Elsie Miller. She's great. Miller's daughter. Uh, we have like a little pen pal thing going on, um, as well as the actors, yeah. um, like yeah. you know Andrew Brooks and and Aaron Buckholtz, and of course the kids on there, Javen, uh, Nat, and Carter and Carter Ryan and Vancic. Love them, love their family. They're just I would just shout to them too. They're the best. Yeah. And like I, I remind myself that I have this large out of all the fa- I'm part of several fan bases like the soaps and all that stuff, but out of all my fan bases, this is the most diverse. Yeah. In terms of age range and where they live and it's, it's, amazing. it's yeah. amazing well i mean that's what's great about having a family show or these family movies is that mm-hmm. you know, all different ages can watch it so you can right. 
Yeah, right. so it's not as limited. But uh, you had said in your book that uh, season four was your favorite. So I was just wondering yeah. what you liked especially about season four. Just every episode was just so good. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it was very, they were, they were very, I don't know, it's like, it's so like, those are okay, and um, <laughs> No, but it's just that, you know, watch my, everybody watch the episodes of uh, the after show. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I completely thought that season was just a really great season overall. The story, I love the storylines that season, the acting of that season, the actors of that season. But from beginning to end, you don't get like, what, 10 episodes. From beginning to end, it just was a really, it made me, I felt good every time. Because, you know, season five was rough. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. We, you know, we lost Jack. I think that, was yeah. a rough, that was a rough season. Um, and there were aspects of season, I like season one, but there's their establishing stuff. And season two was good too. And season three, they were good. But season four, I felt like it hit its stride. And with some shows, it took a couple of years to kind of hit their, their yeah. stride. I thought, I thought everything was just working. And we got, we got the romance, we got the adventure, we got the comedy, we got the drama. It just, we got just hold this, it, there's no specific storyline for sure, but just like just that whole season, it's like everything came together and I just loved it. Yeah. <clears throat> and well, and also in your book, it seemed like you, you would say, oh, well, Bill's my favorite character, but then you'd be like, oh, but I love <laughs> Rosemary. She's my favorite. And, and then you're like, Claire and Jesse, you're my yes. favorite. Uh, so, I was, so you yeah. you just love the whole all the characters are your favorite. Well, no, like. let, me, let me clarify. Here's here's the, here's the deal. Okay, so I plus I I know them all now in real life. So uh -huh. um, I've said I've said this many times, and she knows I have the biggest crush on Pascal Hutton, the uh -huh. Rosemary. Yeah. I think she's the most beautiful person on earth. I think she's so kind. I got to interview her, and I was like, I was like, you're so pretty. I'm like, I feel like an idiot. Um, <laughs> she is just the best, and I think, and I think that, and as an actress, she can go from comedy to drama in two seconds, and you have you laughing one minute and, and yeah. crying the next. They give her, they've been giving her some really meaty material. So, so of all the characters, she's probably my favorite favorite. But, yeah. hey, buddy. Um, but then you know, I, I've always been, I've always been a big Jesse fan. I, I mean, and Aaron is the, is the bomb. He's a nice guy in real life, and mm -hmm. I've always been a Jesse fan. I've always been rooting for him. I like his storyline arc from being a bad boy. But, you know, kind of being a bad boy just by chance and circumstance, and now he's trying to grow. And him and, and the Clara storyline, I love that storyline. Yeah. And so I've been always rooting for Team Classic. All the, I've been rooting for them from the very beginning. You, know, you can look back at my episodes. I've been rooting for them from the very beginning, um, but others weren't. And uh, so I'm a big fan of his. But, I mean, like, I mean, the, the, I just, you know, I do. And I like, I like, I like Faith. I love Andrew Books. And, you know, of course, Paul Green is my buddy, so I love Carson. But I... <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will say, of course, you know. I, I will. I will say, if I had to, if I had to choose right now, with the James, who your favorite characters, Rosemary and and Jesse are my two favorite. Yeah. Um, if, if I had, if I had to, yeah, they had to, you know, choose. But yes, but you know, all the characters are good. But like, yeah. Well, she's definitely my favorite as well, Rosemary. Uh, I just, she's, she's just honest. I appreciate whenever you have a character in any movie or, or television show that feels emotionally true to me that feels like she's just who she is and, and people can either take it or leave it she's not uh i don't know i she's just the most real to me of any of the characters on the show well she's 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 she comes from a big city of course on the show and everything and she's, yeah. she's like she has no shame uh, which I love about her. I just I just relate to her so much too. I agree with that. I kind of relate to her. She's she's very real. I can see her at any time, period. Yeah. Like that character could be any time period. Kind of. So she happens to be at that time period. Yeah. And she's she's so funny, but then she's also so heartbreaking. And you know, beginning yeah. of the season six, we're seeing some stuff coming up. Yeah. That I'm really curious to see how she handles that. What's going to happen with that? So yeah, I just and and look where she came from. We didn't like her at first. We didn't like her at first. You know, and when yeah. she first came out of the season, you know, so look how far the writing and her acting have come. Yeah, she was a, a big sort of burst of energy, I felt like, into the show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, her and uh, Pascal and Coven, both both of them and their romance, I actually like that romance better than Jack and Elizabeth. I don't know, I just think it's a little more interesting. Uh -oh. gonna, I know, I'm the worst. I'm the worst, but I don't know, they're just, they're just uh, so interesting to me and i i just really have enjoyed watching them and so yeah 
Uh, so one, of th one quick thing I want to talk about you mentioned in the book is you talked about how both you and Marissa are both people of color and how yeah. you sometimes that you want more diversity on the show but you understand why sometimes they don't because of the time period I was just wondering if you could expand on that a little bit Thank you. I'm glad you asked I'm very glad you asked that um, yes and, and they have expanded you can see in the background there are more black and Asian characters back there I, you know, I, I feel like, because this is Hallmark Channel, you can put a little disbelief out there and have some people of color running around. I think, I think, it's, I think it's okay. Again, I'm not trying to be super authentic. And depending on where they are in the country, there might be, I mean, there were the Indians. Like in the books, there were Indians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know the show is not exactly following the books, but they're of the books. Jeanette Oak. Mm -hmm. um, and I liked the fact that they touched on race. They touched on language in the series and the books. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to see some of that, whether it's not even black, it could be Indian, it could be something just like, I want to see more. And, and, you know, there were Asians doing the railroad and all kinds of stuff that were going on. So I'm like, let's, let's like get more into that. Uh, but again, I know that's the type of show that that is either. So I, so it's one of those weird things, you know, Marissa and I both are, we are people of color and we see things through that lens. We can't help it. Sure. Um, everything we look at, I'm always noticing the, the black person in the room, you know, besides myself, I, I just can't help that. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm okay with the way it is right now on Hallmark Channel. And on, and on, now, Hallmark Channel hasn't changed in adding more Black people and stuff in there, but yeah. it does the heart. I understand. I get, I get what they I get what the time area is. And, and it's, it's okay for me, but I will mention the case when I'm like, okay, let's wait, you know, where's that Black person? You know, he's never yeah. going to ask me. <laughs> I kind of jokingly say that sometimes, but I think it's important. People, this show, I think it's show, everybody should watch it. I don't think, I think, I think it cross race. But when you do that, also, you want people to, you want people to represent it when you watch TV that look like you. And I think that's just something that also you kind of just think about when they're casting. Um, it's nice to see someone that represents what you kind of what you look like. And you see yourself reflected. Yeah, uh, that makes total sense to me. Uh, so yeah. we had, of course, the nuclear explosion of Jack dying last season. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was, yeah. I have to say, I was not a big fan of how they handled it. And okay. okay. Just personally, I felt like yeah, to yeah. me, to me, the show is a very romantic show in the sense of like rom the romantic period of writing. And I, okay. to me, it would have been much better if they had had some kind of a more rom classically romantic way for him to go out. Like for instance, right. if, if okay. if he had had gotten like scarlet fever uh and he and, and elizabeth was there by his side and you know he got to whisper i love you to the like that's more sort of romantic classically romantic kind of a, okay. a way to go as opposed to i just thought it seemed very crass to me to have just some yeah. mountie there on a horse with a telegram like that that felt cold to me for the okay. feeling of the show and i i felt like okay. I, I i i don't know I, they had so much time to plan it they knew that this was coming and then also i felt like if you knew like 18 months in advance if you knew well in advance that this was happening i thought it was pretty crass of them to have the wedding and then three episodes later be like, oh, oops, he's gone. And I, I like, why wouldn't they have, a, at the very least, had the wedding at the Christmas special? And then you could have had a whole season with them being married. Even if he was away, at least we would have gotten a whole season with him, with them being married. And so that's just my opinion. I felt like, I felt like it was handled poorly. And okay. that, uh, that they were a little bit smug, in my opinion, about any kind of critique of it. <laughs> and that was a little frustrating that, uh, okay. you know, that everybody's allowed to have their opinion. And as long as they don't be mean about it, then you're perfectly valid in like you're not somebody should never be told like, oh, you're a bad fan because you didn't like decisions that were made. That's fine. Uh, and I don't know. So those are some of my feelings about it, okay. but okay. I know that you kind of struggled with that type of division within the fan base was hard for you. Yeah. 
So in the first book, especially, in this book too, I talk about it in this book also, in the later book, The, Become, the Being a Hardy. See, I come from production. I'm from television. So mm -hmm. I know, I, so for me, I know what goes into making a TV show. Sure. Um, and writing for a TV show and show running and all that kind of stuff. So there's that portion, that, there's just that. Then I'm also, I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm always, I'm always between those two things. I'm in production, I'm in TV, but I'm also a fan. And so I go back and forth and I always say this, I say with the soaps too, I would never want to be in that position because it's a tough one. I think, in my opinion, I think I wrote in the book, I think they, I don't think they would have won either way. If they had done it your way, fans would have been upset. If they did it the way they did, fans would have I think, I think the problem for them is there's so many fans, there's, a million, there's like three million fans who watch the show every week. Uh -huh. There's so many fans that everybody had their own, their own outcome. You know what I mean? Everybody, everybody had their own outcome. And I think what happened, I talk about this on the, on the, in the book too, I saw meanness for the first time come out from the Hardys. The Hardys were hurting, which okay. I understand. Even your side was shocked. We were like, oh my God. But we got that Daniel listening, he quit the show. Uh -huh. they, they, they probably didn't want him to go, I'm sure. Um, and so I always tell people I wrote to the book, drive yourself in the TV side of things just for a second uh -huh. and look at it as it's a difficult decision. Whatever decision they make, a portion of fans are going to be pissed uh -huh. either way. Uh -huh. Also, I keep the integrity of the show in terms of the storytelling, how the storytelling is told in the show. They don't rush into things. The show is kind of slow. They don't rush into things. They don't do certain things. So just keep that in mind also. Secondly, they have to really handle this PR-wise carefully because they know that every Hardy is watching every word that they say, every word they release to the public. So I said, well, just kind of think of that, just think of that, how, I mean, how daunting that must be just to have mm -hmm. your guy is leaving. Your story right. was basically about Elizabeth and Jack. I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of like, that was, the, that was the main story. Even though the story was about the town, but you know what I mean? That's the whole thing, Jack and Elizabeth, Jack and Elizabeth. Uh -huh. So what do you do? How do you find the best way to handle it? Now, I'm not, I, I, like I said, I would never tell any Hardy that they're wrong and thinking the way they think. I would never tell you how to think. I just, I just try to invite people to think the other way, kind of like it was a hard thing to do. Yeah, they knew 18 months in advance, but there's planning. In terms of just logistics, there's planning that's involved. Uh -huh. so you have to have production schedules and a lot of money being handled. And they have to be really careful with how they handle it. Now, I don't have, again, I say some books, I don't know all the ins and outs. I don't know all the details. I'm not privy to all that. I'm privy to some things, but not to everything. I just know it's a really hard thing. And also, to build, minus all of that, I think, well, also, I also think they wanted the wedding. I think people, people want to see a wedding. So I think they had to, they had to do a wedding. Um, they just waited too so, long. I mean, a wedding. That's the thing. I think, I think that was the whole thing was they probably had a whole season planned out already and then got the news and had to reach I mean, you know, it's not easy to write a show. I mean, you have to like write a show. It's, it's not easy. And with writing comes with sets and all this stuff that go along with it. So there's a lot, a lot of components that, you know, play into an episode. Um, but I feel, but I feel like fans were forgetting that shows don't owe you anything. Mm -hmm. They don't have to tell you, I said in the book too, they don't have to tell you behind the scenes. They don't, they don't have to tell you anything because they're ready to tell you. When it comes to heart, Crown Media, Hallmark Channel, it's great that they actually acknowledge the Hardys. They uh -huh. talk to the Hardys all the time. I felt personally they did everything they could, the best they could, to try to comfort the Hardys. And I, that's just my, again, that's just my uh -huh. opinion, coming from a TV production side. I just felt like, I felt like they did the best they could. And what I saw, and I told this in the book, and I have no problem standing by this, I saw disrespect that was so horrendous to me, mm -hmm. and I got, me and Marissa got chewed out by certain fans also, and horrible things were said to us, uh, especially to me, there's horrible things that were said to me that I will never, never understand because it's a TV show, first right. of all. And so, yeah. I mean, trust me, I love the show. I'm a hardy for life, I love the show. But yeah. the TV show, I understand, you know, and like you said, having regular discourse, having debate, I have no problem with that. No, but discussion, no problem with that. Mm -hmm. But I saw a lot of really negative, mean, nasty stuff directed at the actors, directed yeah. at Brian Bird, and directed at us. And I did well, not, I did yeah. not like that.
I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to lash out at, at, I mean, people talking about it is ridiculous, first of all. But it's also ridiculous to lash out against the actors who have no control over this at all. Like, zero. I mean, I guess you could say Daniel Listing did a little bit. But, like, he's perfectly valid to you know make these decisions he he didn't have any control over the scripts or how it was handled it's not Not his fault if and so yeah so my my only critique was with the actual show i certainly don't blame aaron craig for the fact they sent a mountie on a horse you know it's it's ridiculous and yeah it's 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 part of any fandom you know you any kind of group think has a toxic element it just does and yeah, so yeah. and the hallmarkies are about as 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 pure a fandom as you're gonna find like i mean you look at right, something like like star wars for instance is just a right. mess right now or i mean uh, so it's 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 tough i so you were as far as the show and what happened on the show you felt like they handled it they handled that well. I did. I'm sorry. And people, yeah. people think disagree yeah. with me. That's fine. I felt, yeah. again, it's a tough decision. I think there are fans who would not be happy any direction they went. Yeah. I felt it was the best way they could have done it. It was very dramatic. I felt like it also, because he was not available. If you have to remember, Daniel was not, we, we don't know exactly when he was available to film, when he wasn't available. Remember for a while there, even I was being pissed in the show going, it's been three episodes, where is he? And yeah. then when I realized, it was him. I mean, he was off filming other things. Or like, so we don't know exactly what was going on back there. Mm-hmm. So they had to make that work. I thought it's a great metaphor for our military and our military families. Uh-huh. And I'm sure back then, Mountie families had to go through this. Yeah. I'm sure. I thought, I thought Aaron Quickhouse's performance was the bomb. Right? Yeah. She was so good. Uh, yeah, so for me, it worked. To me, yeah. it, was, it was ending that, that that worked. It was devastating. It was horrible. We cried. I mean, the whole thing. So uh-huh. to me, that did happen. It worked. You know yeah. I mean, to me, it worked on some level. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he had to die on some level. I, I was like, because some people were saying, recast him. And I was like, for me, no. We can't recast him. I'm sorry. Just, we was no. I'd rather have a new Mountie uh-huh. than, than recast him. But there are folks who say, we should recast him. So I was saying, there's so many different options yeah. that they could have went. But there's a segment of people who are going to always be upset. Mm-hmm. And they have a right to be upset about the ending. They, they think the ending they want. I get that. But I'm saying that the, 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 as a writer, producer, that's, that's, that's hard. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be in that position. I mean, I'm really curious what's going to happen sure. to this whole Lori Lachlan thing. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's so, it's the production part to me, that's a lot of work, folks. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I feel differently about this. Lori Laughlin, we don't know what they're going to do, but I actually feel like it would be perfectly fine in, to me to recast her. I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like she's a competent actress. She seems like a good actress, but I, don't, I just feel like you could find another similarly competent actress. She's not in a relationship with anybody like right now. So I don't know. I feel like I would have no problem personally with them recasting Abigail. It's funny because I've seen that. Now, for me, I'm saying no. I mean, that's, a, okay. yeah, so that's where I'm like, and of course I come from soaps where they recast all the time. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and some recasts really do well. And some, and some people, even in soaps, though, there's some folks, they, they're recasted. I mean, like, they just, yeah. I feel like, I feel like Abigail was one of the hearts of the show. And I feel like Lori Lockett's performance was so, one of my, it was just so wonderful in that role. Um, for me, personally, I say no to recast. I was like, no, it has to be happen to her, go off somewhere else, and then get somebody else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's gonna I, be I, 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 it's gonna be fascinating to see what they do because oh, I mean, yeah. if they're just, I know they did a few reshoots, but they're they're yeah. mainly saying they're editing it, and it's like, how do you edit? How do you how do you edit Abigail we'll out of the out. show? Like what? Find out. I right. yeah, uh, it'll be fascinating. I can't think of any other show that mid-season like basically makes the announcement they're going to edit out a character and then re and then still air the remaining episodes like it's unprecedented in television well the thing is well i have a show that that actually um 
not the same but similar situation, Empire, that whole Justice Smollett thing happened. Oh, yeah. And, and that's another thing. was like, well, what are you going to do? They already filmed half the season already. And like, what are you going to do? And they're like, we're going to do this. And so it was the same thing. It was kind of like, both these stories at the same time going, well, how are they going to fix Empire? How are they going to fix What Calls the Heart? I was like completely, you know, like, glued <laughs> to like, see what's going to happen. crazy. You know, because yeah. it's just very interesting because these are very controversial actors at the moment, but outside stuff that happened, does that really affect your viewing? And some folks were like, no, keep her on the show. We forgive her or whatever, you know. And other folks were like, no, get rid of her. So, I mean, again, it's the same situation. It just, again, the production, I, I keep going back to because I'm in television. Uh -huh. The production part of it must be a nightmare. Yeah, there's be, no doubt about it. And so it's a, it's a, lot, it's a lot that goes into it. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm like waiting with bated breath to see how they're going to really work this out. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, you're just going to be looking to see where... <laughs> Where they, how they cut out, yeah, where the cuts are and whatever. I don't know. It's going to be curious. I I think it could be because they have to deal with Cody too. What I know, pretty big part of the I show. Know. Yeah, and I know. So I, there's I know. a little thought of me that you know because they've been having all these hints that Rosemary is having infertility problems yeah. and there's nothing that Jeanette Oaks Baker loves more than having storylines where people have to adopt older children right, exactly. <laughs> all yeah. through the love comes softly books all through the and so I'm like hmm. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and you had last season you had the uh the tag along episode where the kids tagged along with the adults yeah. went to work yeah and Cody went with Leland for the day in right. that episode and they right. got along great so i'm like hmm. yep. <laughs> if, right, exactly. if i were exactly. i think I, I that might be a an interesting kind of road to go but anyway it'll be fascinating i i feel like they've handled this situation better than I feel like they, they kind of they they the uh the jack situation was sort of their they're testing grounds and, and this one they got it they, they they nailed it they did a great job all oh, crown media funny, i think with this whole situation I, think, I just think i just think the hardys have gone through so much and with this show recently <laughs> and then just to, and then to add that you know after i wrote the book we we, we realized that our show after us will not be coming back okay and so i decided so to make that announcement a week or so ago that the wake Coast after show will not be back and so I and and Marissa and I were talking. And we feel bad for the Hardys because like, they love our show. People want they, they've been faithful to our show, and we get great yeah. views and numbers. And and it's just like oh, after all that, that's happening. But for us, again, life is, happens and things yeah. happen. And my life has expanded, and her life has changed, and things are things are happening. So, and we love doing the show. We love it. And you know, our original co-host Maria Provenzano, which I dedicate this mm -hmm. book to her and Marissa. Because if you like it, but now, Mar now Maria's on Home and Family. She's sure. like a regular coast. And I mean, like, so we're having these great opportunities are happening for us. AfterBuzz was our starting ground. Yeah. And that's what AfterBuzz is about. It's about starting, you start this network, you build yourself, and you kind of move on. That's kind of what happened with me and Maria. So, you know, most basically, we kind of, we were, move, we were kind of moving on. So it's, yeah. it's, so it's, it is tough. We had to tell me, okay, we're not coming back either. Like, oh, people are like, no, I'm like, I know, I'm so sorry. I mean, but I, I tell people now, I'm just going to say this to everybody out there, I'll probably do some Facebook Lives, and I'll probably, you know, some both, I'm still a Hardy, so I'm like, we're still a Hardy, I'm still a Hardy, we're not, mm -hmm. we're not going to be gone forever, we're, we're just, it just, it won't be an afterbuzz. Well, if you ever want to come on our, our recap show, because we, we're doing it now every two episodes, we're doing okay. a, we do our little recap show, last year we did every episode, but it just became too much to, to produce. Uh, and so we're doing every two episodes now. And if you ever want to come, just let me know. And we'd Thank love you. to have you for sure. That would be fun. You. So you've been great. I really enjoy talking with you. And we like to end yeah. our, our interviews with just, we call them the teen beat questions. They're kind of silly okay. questions that Amber found on. Okay. I, love, I love silly. Okay, love silly. <laughs> here we go. What is the best ice cream flavor? I feel like people are going to die, but... Plain old vanilla. Yeah, yeah. You can add anything, make it any flavor. So, very good. Okay, what is your favorite color? Sky blue. Nice. Okay. What music are you into right now? 
music right now, right now, my YouTube. Yeah. Um, there's a singer named Billie Eilish. I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with her right now. She's oh. weird. Uh-huh. Um, but she has a song, she has a song called, um, oh my God, my name is song. But she's out right now. She's, she's hot right now. She's like a top 10 album. She's huge right now. Cool. Um, but I'm fascinated by her right now. I don't know who she is, where she came from, uh, but her music is speaking to me. Very cool. Great. Uh, so what is your go-to date night food? <laughs> <laughs> I've been on a date a long time. Um, <laughs> let's see. Date night food, go-to date night food. I love Mediterranean food. Mm, yeah. I love some good, some good hummus. Mm, like some hummus and pita bread. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good to me. What is your go-to yeah. date night activity to go out? What would you your ideal date? You know, it's, it's really funny. I, I'm an I'm old person. I love bowling. Yeah, there you go. I own, I own a bowling ball. I own bowling shoes. I wear a size 14 shoe, so I had to get my own shoes. <laughs> um, and I yeah. love, you get, you get exercise. It's a friendly competition. There's mm-hmm. some skill. And even though I'm, you know, I've lost 55 pounds, I'm eating better. They have food. There's a nice day. They're just good for just to be messy for an evening. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. It's fun. And they have in LA. They have Lucky Strike, which is a it's like a rock and roll kind of bowling. And they have play music and have the lights go out. And they have glowing neon things. I think it's I think it's fun for a day. I think it's non-threatening. Yeah. It's fun for a day. Yeah. And you can talk, so that's fun too. But you're doing yeah. something. You're not just sitting. Yeah, you're so. doing something. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Okay. Uh, dogs or cats? I like both. I love dogs. I just <laughs> love dogs so much because they think they, because dogs have such personality that they just want to love you. Cats are like, I'll talk to you when I feel like it. Yeah. So I, I like right. both, but I will go for it. But if I choose between both, I pick a pig. I like pigs. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> okay, beaches yep. or mountains? Well, I live near a beach, so beaches. I live near the ocean. I love a beach. Okay. Love a good beach. Me too. Me yeah. too. Uh, yeah. Suit and tie or sweats? That's a good one. I, I, I'm a huge bow tie person. Uh huh. I love the look of suit and tie. Um, oh, suit and tie. Okay, great. Uh, what is your favorite holiday to celebrate? Thanksgiving. Okay, very good. And what is your favorite Hallmark movie? And you can pick one of the one calls the heart if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I figure how I mean. No, I, you know, you know what I really love. I love. I just and a shout out to uh, Robin Jones Gunn. I love her. I've been a reader several times. I love the Father, the Father Christmas movie, like the marrying okay. Father Christmas, and yeah. engaging. You know, I love those movies. I think Niall and um and Aaron have great chemistry, and and Wendy and you know Wendy Malik's on it. And I just, I just, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that series of movies. Those two movies are really Very engaging, cool. marrying. I, I, I love, I love that series. Cool. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been really fun to get to talk with you, get to uh, the, the king of hardies, I think we can call you. Thank you. <laughs> the I'll take that. The king of all the king of I like yes. that. Yes. I yeah. love that. Love that. <laughs> so where can people find you on social media, find your book, all that fun stuff? So James Law Jr. is everywhere in the world, folks. I want you guys to know that. You can if you Google my name, that's two T, <laughs> James L G P Law Jr. Finally, but on all social media platforms, I made it very simple. I'm at James Law Jr. My um my if I have music, I have all this music out. It's on my SoundCloud page, which is James Law Jr. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, which is JLJ Media. So everything is very just like James Law Jr. Type it in, you'll find everything. You go to Amazon for my books, which are Being a Hardy and Becoming a Hardy. They're each like five dollars. They're, they're really inexpensive. They're easy reads. They're on Amazon or James Law Jr. books. Um, and I have like eleven other books out. So I have like ten different books out. Other books out. So I have a lot of books. But the two Hardy's books, I recommend if you're a Hardy or even a Hallmark person, when those inside information on TV and how TV is done, read my books. They're really they're really interesting. I give you, I give you some tea on the tea. Okay, great. Very good. (laughs) We'll have links for all that in the description section. People can definitely check that out. That would be a lot of fun. And uh, make sure you're following the podcast, The Homework Pod, all over social media. 
and on iTunes and YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, if you can put in your ratings and reviews, we really appreciate it. If you're listening on YouTube, if you can give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate that as well. We also have our Patreon that we just started that has been really great. And so if you're interested in supporting the channel, we'll put a link down to that in the description as well. So you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media and on iTunes and YouTube. And so we're all over the place. We're excited to be covering the new season of the new half of the season, I guess, of When Calls the Heart. And so let us know in the comment section or on Twitter, let us know your thoughts about what we've talked about. And uh, we would love to hear your feedback. And thanks again, James. This was a delight. I really appreciate My it. My pleasure. People and rate, subscribe, comment. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Yes, thank you. Me. Do it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to have you have you on again. Maybe at the end of the season, hear your thoughts. That would be fun. Okay, sounds good. Sounds okay, good. great. Well, we'll talk to you later. And thanks again. And uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. Bye. Bye. <laughs>